see this is a better opening right here. Rock you like a hurricane. National Finals Rodeo Rump Chat Day Number Two, Day Number One, kind of uh, one of the most craziest NFRs that we've had. Um, when you look back at the past with everything that's gone on and, and pushing the start date back one day, it's been a little bit different. Uh, the feel of Las Vegas, and uh, but you know what? We're here at the wonderful uh, convention center right here, Las Vegas Convention Center. At the wonderful Cinch booth, where you can ride a bull, sit on a couch, listen to Rump Chat, buy some awesome clothes. And I, I might put this out there. It's in no way a booth. It is a complete area with bleachers, a pool table, the Rump Shaker Gold Buckle Beer Bar. Uh, Gold Buckle Beer, the official sponsor. Matter of fact, Fergie, uh, if you wouldn't mind, will you hand me one of those Gold Buckle Beers out of that cooler right there? We actually have a Gold Buckle Beer cooler that's pretty well connected to the end right here as i'm by myself today hambone of course your nfr music director and um the sound man of the year is doing rehearsals today to get ready for perf number one uh which is going to be a doozy everybody's excited there's a buzz around town there's a oh there there's the there's the beer open and it is rocking and so we're so glad to be rump chatting today and you know what makes uh rump chat special every day every year is the great sponsors that carry us throughout the year. And, and Pete Carr from Pete Carr Pro Rodeo for four years has been one of our uh, best sponsors, our best friends, puts up the money to get us all out here to Vegas because turns out this is expensive. This is so expensive. Pete Carr has been in our team every day. And Pete Carr, uh, along with our other sponsors, do a lot for Rump Chat every day. But one of the coolest thing is, I have Carrie Ball here with me. It's Ball, right? Carrie it's Ball. Ball. Yeah, so Carrie is with me for the second time today. She's a lovely lady. Um, you know, we, we couldn't do this without all the people that, that, that help us out. And this is a pretty cool deal. We have the uh, rodeo of the day, okay? So the rodeo of the day is uh, different places we go, different people that we talk to, different rodeos. Uh, day, day number one, we had uh, Kildare, North Dakota, the Kildare Mountain Roundup. And... Uh, because we want to educate and uh, tell people about the different rodeos we work and uh, different rodeos we go to, what makes them special, what makes them kick ass, you know, just all those things. And today we have Carrie Ball with us from the WCRA Youth Division. And WCRA, for anybody that's listening to Rump Chat, we are big fans. Uh, you know, we get to do Corpus Christi every year. We get to do the WCRA uh, contestants of the day where we've had Leighton Berry, um, We've had uh, Rich Skelton. I mean, just a lot of cool dudes. But, Carrie, welcome to Rump Chat as our official sponsor, representative of the Rodeo of the Day. And you guys have more than one Rodeo of the Day. Yes, we have a lot of rodeos throughout the year. Um, I especially love the youth division rodeo that we have. We partnership with the Lazy E and the WCJR. WCJR is the Cinch World Championship Junior Rodeo. And um, this, we just completed the third year in July. Um, we give the opportunity for the youth to take and participate in the WCRA. Oh, and it's what you guys have done is amazing. You know, uh, I, I tell everybody like when we're out here, it's exciting to me 
and I don't feel like I'm old yet. Yeah, me But, either. you know, I, I still feel relatively young, but I, I look around and, and I see the, the youth coming up uh, that's going to keep the rodeo business going. That's and right. the youth events, uh, even out here, are just unreal. Yeah. I'm talking thousands of, of kids 18 and under. It's crazy. And they come from all over the map. Oh, and, yeah. And, and participate here. And um, they participate all year. I think rodeo goes on from 1st of January till the end of December. So it's um, consistently going on. And um, and so what we do with WCRA is we um, allow kids to nominate any youth rodeo that they're going to. And when they nominate their rodeos, we will track the results and give them points if they are in the top 10 in their high school division or if they are um, in a paid position in other youth events. So anywhere that you are on the map, WCRA has given you a um, an equal opportunity. So you can nominate anything that you're going to. And nominating is something that you do on your phone. So oh, yeah. you download the DY. It's through an app. It's yeah. so like, especially... Uh, you said that even the kids can do it. I mean, yes. kids can do more on phones than most people. But if you're a teenager, if you're 13, 14 years old, you've got it. You Odds are you phone. have a smartphone. Right. You can get the app, download it, make it work for you. Right. And so many people are like, well, how do I how do I nominate? So you download the app, you register. Um, if you're not 18, you have to have a, a parent register their account first and then you put your youth account underneath them and um, you search up your event wherever you're going and if you can't find the event then we'll add that event on there and you can nominate it dude this is crazy uh when i was thinking about my youth rodeo days like in kingman kansas if you won you might get a kind of a just a shady buckle like not even not even a cool buckle i, I went to some youth rodeos in kansas growing up where they would literally give you a blue ribbon like, exactly. Nothing special. Yeah. And then now that I'm old and fat and can't rodeo and not a teenager, this is blows my mind because one of your year end events, the world championship junior rodeo paid out over $407,000. I'm going to say that again for everybody listening at home, $407,000 to the youth. Yeah. That is, is that crazy. How, money. How, where did you guys, I, I want to know where did, where did these concepts come up? Like, it's such a cool deal, but I, I wonder, you know, it, why hasn't this been done? Because you guys have worked your tails off, and like you said, with the Lazy E, all they've done for Junior Rodeo, right. just come out and just make something like this. It's amazing, you know, to, to put all this together. Yeah, it is a crazy um, effort, and I, I don't know all of the ins and outs of how that works. I know Cinch is one of our, our great sponsorships. And um, then we, we do have an open entry option. So kids will come in and they'll pay the entry fee and um, be able to participate. Um, there are qualifier series events throughout the year and they can go to those. And they're strategically placed all around on the map so that kids from all over the country can, can attend those. We give free entries away there as well as extra points. And then you ha can nominate your events wherever you're at. Uh, you, know, you know, we were talking about Riley Webb the tie down roper who's just phenomenal when he was 17 years old he was one rodeo away from winning the wcra million dollar triple crown yeah. at corpus christi texas he made the short round i mean at 17 years old he almost won the million exactly. which is saying something last year at corpus christi they had uh, a breakaway roper who was 15 almost 
win that, that got into the big rodeo through qualifications. It, it's just, it's amazing. The Stampede at the E, um, $55,000 payout. The Cinch World Junior Rodeo. Now, if you don't know about this, it's July 23rd to the 27th. $200,000 in added money. Three ways to qualify. Junior leaderboard, top 16, seated in the semifinals, no entry fees. Open entry or the qualifier series event. Um, on a side note, kind of a funny note, anytime you get uh, a lot of kids together at the Lazy E, I've heard so many stories on crashing golf carts. Does every family that comes to the Junior Rodeo show up with a golf cart? I think that they have to rent their golf carts, but I think I think there are some that, that take them in tow with them for sure. You will not believe the very first job that I took that I went and did with WCRA, my car was crashed into by a golf cart. Real, I seen I seen <laughs> pictures from uh, I don't know if it was the junior high finals or the the little bridge one of the finals that was at the Lazy E, and there was a picture of oh, two golf carts in the uh, in the in the river in the water. Well, not the, in the in the creek, right? Or stream or creek, if you will. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it takes a lot to put on a normal rodeo, but a, a rodeo with that capacity of kids. It is. You know, and I want to say there's thousands of kids at these events. There are. And and that's why the Lazy E makes such a great venue for this opportunity is because there's there's room. And where there isn't room, they make more room. It's crazy how they can multiply and um, and get everybody in there. And it is under roof. So it's great no matter what the weather is going to do in Oklahoma. You're uh. going to be able to know that you're going to have the same playing field that the person had the day before. If you want a rodeo in July... In Oklahoma, you want to be at the Lazy you E do. in the air conditioning. If you're a parent, you get, take your kid. Uh, they compete. You go up to the cantina. You have a beer. You hang out. Can you get a beer at the Lazy E? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. yeah. At one of the uh, the most iconic uh, venues ever, the Lazy E, home of the Tiny Event National Finals, the original home of PBR Bull Nanza. Uh, just all the, the great things that have happened there over the past, uh, the uh, – the Bob Johnson, uh, not Bob Johnson. Uh, what am I trying to say here? The great steer roping that they used to have there. Well, of course, they had the Clint McSpadden steer roping finals there. Uh, just such a great venue for, it is a great for venue. anything with the stalls, with the new outdoor arenas that are covered. Uh, it gives it gives these kids a real chance to 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 get the, the rodeo feel and be competing in a, in a large environment. So, and for the money. I can't imagine. I was thinking, like, dude, what would I do if I was a 16-year-old kid with $25,000? And it's really kind of scary. It? I know, right? <laughs> I, I don't. Maybe they'll buy college. They'll pay for their own college. Oh, bull crap. You know that ain't going to happen. <laughs> They're going to spend it. They are going to spend it. Um, but, yeah, we're so glad to have you guys out. A couple questions before we go, like, a couple uh, off-the-cuff questions. Okay. okay, for you, Carrie. Um, no, no big deal. What is the uh, most expensive thing you've bought while you've been in Las Vegas this year? Oh, I haven't bought, well, probably Uber rides. Are I you, paid $125 in one day in Uber how rides. How the hell do they do? I was one, dude, crazy. I was thinking about like that the other day. Can Uber just at any time say, well, we're busy? So now it's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I paid $50 to get to Samsung, but I mean, it was good. I didn't have to walk. So <laughs> everything has got a lot. This is another, this is another good reason to take your kids to these 
the youth, the WCRA youth rodeos because you need money. Because if you ever got to Vegas, the drinks uh, this year, I bought three drinks yesterday, sixty dollars. Wow. They are not that much in Oklahoma. I live an hour yeah. and twenty minutes from Lazy E. It is not that much. Another reason to go. Um, so, and you are you out here the whole time? I'm out here until next Sunday. Until next Sunday. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome. Well, we have more people coming in from the WCRA. We got Scott's going to come in. Uh, Boyd Paul Hamas is going to come in and talk about Rodeo Corpus Christi and uh, all the things we have that. Talk about the Triple Crown of Rodeo uh, and a lot of the cool stuff that, that we've I've got to be a part of with the WCRA over the last two years, which has just been amazing. And, and uh, you know, everybody out there that talks shit on Facebook about everything, you know, one thing I like about these this youth rodeo deal is everybody says, well, they ought to do this and they ought to do that. Well, you guys have stepped up and said, look, y'all want a rodeo? Here's some money. Let's do it. And made it in an easy way with the app where That's if you right. want a rodeo and you want to win some money, here, here it goes. And a lot of people just want to talk about it. But you guys have actually got out there and did it. Yeah. Yeah. There's no excuses why you're not participating in this, except you're just not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So the youth showcase everywhere. So be sure to check them out, uh, the, the WCRA, and check out the youth division. And, Carrie, we're so glad you stopped by for the second time today. Hey, thank it, you. You did me. a wonderful job. You look great. <laughs> Enjoy thank Vegas. Thank you. So thank you, Carrie, for coming on by today. And we will we'll hopefully see you again here in a day or two. We'll yeah. Be, We'll be right here at the okay. booth. Okay, so. I'll come sit on the couch and not sit right here. There you go. Okay. All well, right. thank you, Carrie. <laughs> thank you. Well, you know what, everybody, we're we're so glad to uh, to have the next band on here. Um, this guy is is kind of kind of a hero to me, and um, he's got a great great story. Okay, so our our next guest, um, this is the first that we first guest we've ever had from Francais from the great uh I, I don't remember his exact hometown but uh from france but um the great bull jumper and if, if you've never seen his act you have to check it out uh he's on instagram he's on on facebook uh you can google him bull jumping pro just a phenomenal act and and when i say bull jumping for everyone listening home i'm not talking like a normal freestyle bullfighting bull jump i'm talking stand in the middle of the arena and do the full front flip, do the, uh, the dive over the top. I've seen him tie his knees together. I've seen him, uh, I've seen him stand on top of a chair and jump a Mexican fighting bowl coming out. And I know from France, my good friend, Manu Lacoste. Hello, mon ami, Justin Rumford, the rump. I thank you so much for bringing me on the rump chat. And you know what? Your your English is getting great. <laughs> it's you. it's sounding so good. I, I love to tell a little bit about your backstory. So Manu, when I first I first met Manu in, in uh Santa Maria, California years ago. Yeah. Reno Rosser had went to Saint Teet, Quebec mm -hmm. to the Saint Teet Rodeo. Is it the Saint Teet Rodeo? Yes, sir. Yeah. The Saint Teet Rodeo. And uh he had seen the bull jumpers and he put it. He actually put a Facebook post of you guys doing the bull jumping and it just blew Americans away. Mm -hmm. Like nobody in the States had ever seen that. So when I went back to California that year, uh, Reno says, I talked to those guys. They're coming to California. I was like, dude, no way. So the, they were supposed to come in to work Santa Maria rodeo. 
And uh, so we were around there and everybody's kind of hanging out and they didn't show up. Your flights got delayed. Yeah. So nobody was able to pick them up because you guys flew in when the performance was supposed to start the next day. Yeah. So Reno didn't have an extra pickup and I had just bought that brand new Ram truck. And Reno talked me into letting like some 18 year old kid on the rodeo committee drive to Los Angeles to LAX to pick up a Frenchman and a Spaniard bull jumpers that spoke absolutely zero English. And the next day I got to meet Manu. Yes, sir. And your English was bad when you, which, which I don't, I don't no, blame no. you because I can't speak French. I think it's amazing that, that you did that, but you came over and the next, the first day you were in America, we actually feed cotton roster was alive and we actually got to feature you mm -hmm. uh, at the Santa Maria Elks rodeo. Yeah. Well, it's been one of the most stressful part of my life because we have to understand that before that there is a, a lot of months of uh, preparation and uh, even if my English was bad, but my English, like I say, is still even more better than your French. You know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> my French is terrible. So can you take us back? How did that work from from the time that, that Reno saw you in St. T, Quebec? How, if with not speaking English, how in the world did y'all end up in Los Angeles, California? So to make a, to make a short, long story, I, um, I started my career, career in 2000, and I was, at that time, the youngest board jumper ever at 14 years old. So I'm born in 1895, uh, so I, I, was just, uh, I just turned 14 years old. And uh, my dream has always been to do a world tour of board jumping. And what's funny is that the first year of my career in 2000, I did exactly half and half, 20 shows in France and 20 shows in Spain. At, at that time with the crew, uh, I was 14 years old, so I followed a, a, a crew, a quadrilla. And it stayed always uh, on, uh, on my mind, in my brain. I told myself, one of those days, I, I, I will do more, you know? And that's what I did to make a short story in 2013, I went with my backpack to Saint-Tit because it was uh, the only French state in Canada where they speak, they speak only French, so it was don't, better. From, don't they, from in, they, they announce that rodeo in French, don't they? Yeah, yes, or, they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's broken French, but it's still French. And uh, they, um, they, told, they gave me the authorization. Actually, they made me sign a paper for, uh, to... Uh, like that they are not responsible for anything what could happen to me. And I jumped a first ball in 2013 uh, on a Wednesday night. Uh, I had open arena after the, after the ball riding, and it was a huge success. And they told me, can you do that again on the next Saturday? And uh, I did that again, and I came back in 20, 2014. Uh, 2014, and Reno saw us he, actually in 2015. And he brought us to California in 2016. How did, how did he get a hold of you? Because I've never, like, did you give him a card or, and like not being able to speak English, was it pretty, like, was the negotiation process kind of hard to, to uh, yeah, because, and that's why I got so much respect to you because I don't know me personally, I don't think I could ever go to a foreign country where I don't speak the language, don't know anybody, mm. don't know my way around like that. You talk about a leap of faith and having some balls yeah. to do that. So yeah. when Reno talked to you, I mean, 
obviously you, your English wasn't great. So to, to try to figure out, you're like, holy shit, here I well, go. Well, we had to go. Uh, we have to understand that was uh, already 10 years ago. And uh, we didn't have that much uh, iPhone and uh, smartphone. So we had to go to a real translator, to somebody, a friend of mine. We, we did the connection between uh, Reno and I. And uh, But actually, Reno didn't didn't spoke one one word of uh french you know too so we really we really had to go to a through a translator but reno speaks uh spanish a little bit and i speak spanish too so we've been able to make a deal and to make something happen for the reno rodeo 2015 what was the first apparition ever uh, of bull jumping in america and bull jumping though the the history for all y'all that don't know the the three oldest events in the hit or sports in the history of mankind wrestling marathon running and bullfighting yes sir so bull jumping in france in mm -hmm. spain it is a it goes back to the dawn of time yeah to the dawn of time yeah you're right De behind what i do that's why i maybe i'm i'm big in america i've never said that but uh behind what i do there is 3,000 years of story. I never created that. You know? Yeah. There is 3,000 years. You're just part years. of the story. Yeah, I'm a part of the story. I'm just the present. And there will be a future, you know. And there is 3,000 years of past. And why Why there is 3,000 years of story? Because the oldest testimony of people fighting bull and actually jumping bull is in Crete. And we know that 3,400 years ago, people used to jump bulls but we don't know if it was sacrifice sacrifice we don't know if it was religious we don't know if it was a game we don't know if it was a tradition but we do know that they did that and in the part of france where it, i live it could be sport i mean even exactly you don't know i mean because they were already like you said wrestling they they had a kind of games you know so and uh well i'm born and raised in uh in the small area in france uh this is all about friends. In France is a, a a lot and a lot a lot of different culture. And where I'm born, maybe it's just fifty or sixty town, you know, around. It's a, maybe on a hundred miles large, you know. And uh, all the towns have an arena, and in all those towns, we jump, or we do a kind of French bullfighting. What is only one move. To make past the ball the closest possible. That's closest. that's the move, like where you you try to fake him out and you arch your back exactly, and you want the ball to like almost scratch yeah. your back without cutting a hole through exactly. your body. Exactly, the the ball or the cow has to go all along your back and not and not your the front, only the back, touch you, and and don't and and you have to keep the balance, you know, and but it has to to be very 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 close and and no contact you know and this is uh there, behind that there is at least 500 years of story only behind that move mm -hmm. and i bring that move uh in saint -E this year i bring the best ecarter that's the name of the guys who do that i bring the number one ecarter in my world i bring in to saint -E again saint -E i've been the 10 years ago the start for me and this year in saint -E i bring the first ecarter so the, the story keep going the, the guys that do that uh, from Spain that you just did a show with an agribition yes, uh, in Canada, which is uh, just a, a just fantastic show. 
Aaron Ferguson, who's the producer of Rump Chat, mm -hmm. also produced that event, um, mm -hmm. which uh, just an amazing that they he brought in four Spaniards, yeah, uh, that are recordadors, right? Yes. So that and that's the same move. Like the recordador is the the archer back mover. <laughs> yeah, recordador. Our uh, people uh, work fighting board too, and like we did 500 years ago uh, in France, they still do it now in the streets. So we call the recortadores los maestros de la calle, and what means in English, the kings of the streets. And they work pure fighting ball of five years old with sharp horns in the streets. How in the hell does that work? I've seen videos of, of the, uh, the recortadores in the streets. Yeah. But this, I mean, like it just—it blows my mind. Even though I'm—I'm I'm from Hillbilly Town, mm -hmm. Redneckville, Kansas, <laughs> but I—even I, there, I don't know if you could say, "Hey, we're gonna," like it, when you're in when you're in uh, in France, and do they say, "Hey, today at five, uh, everybody heads up, we're gonna turn some fighting bulls out on the street." Yeah, I mean, but the streets are literally built. Yeah, they are. We have to so understand the bulls that. Can't get away. Pe people in Spain, there, there is humans in Spain. Uh, at least since maybe 1500 years uh, ago, you know, uh, there is people in France since more than 2000 years. There is people in Italy since 3000 years, you know, and um, the town, are, uh, the, the walls of the house for, for some house are old uh, from 100, 200, 300 years old, and they were pretty close. So that means that the streets are very close area. You close from the, the top and you close the bottom and it becomes an arena, but an arena not large at all. You know, it's just 30 feet large. There, that's you know? all the, it's only 30 foot long? So No, not 30 foot long, but large. Oh, large. Wide. Long, uh, wide, yeah. Wide. Yeah. So when you're in a, in a, in an alley, you know, of 30, 30 feet wide with the pure fighting ball will charge at you, you have no solution. You have to pass him or you you get hooked. It ain't like you, you know? can crawl up the wall. Like you go to get hooked. No, you cannot. Do do, do people have, have windows like they're looking out their kitchen yeah. window and yeah yeah just fight bulls and shit going by. Yeah and... yeah you you Google that on uh, or maybe uh, go on your social medias and now uh, a lot of things are in, are Instagram and uh, you put maestros de la calle and you will see the people in the streets walking fighting bull and uh, with people at the at the window and uh, sometimes that the, the ball goes through in a house and uh, everybody gets out by the window and what we have to understand it's 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 in their culture you know and they do that for free they do that for free well who owns the bulls that they use for that like is it a, a are they owned by the town like how how does the the street bullfighting work. I've always wondered that because I, you know, me uh, from being around me, I am a big fan of fighting bulls. I've, yes, sir. I've bought bulls and sold bulls and, you know, been very involved in, in the, mm -hmm. the, the fighting bull business. Yeah. And so I have a deep respect and a love of fighting bulls. Mm -hmm. So whose fighting bulls do they use in the, in the street bullfighting? They, the, the bulls in Spain uh, used to survive thanks to the humans uh, because, we have to understand that a thousand years ago, there were more fighting bulls and fi fighting cows than humans. And there were a lot of accidents. Yeah. So humans started to, to start to do a regulation, you know. So they had to find ways to kill bull and to kill cows at the same time to eat. 
Yeah, it's just like in, in Florida where there's too many alligators, so you got to... That's exactly the same thing, yeah. you know? But when people came in America 400 years ago, they already had guns, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but in Spain, 1,000 years ago, they had no guns. So they developed a lot of traditions to be able to work a bull and at the end to be able to kill him and to, to eat him, yeah. you know? And when they, when they had that reg regulation done, they, they say, we are not going to kill all of them. Now we are going to raise them. Yeah. And the where well, you raise fighting bull in Spain, it's called ganaderias. Ganaderitas. It, ganaderias. So that's the answer to the question. There is ganaderias all around Spain who control the fighting bull population. Yeah. You know? Well, and you know, um, I, I've been to uh, bullfights. You know, I went to uh, Caracas, Venezuela, Marquisimento. Mm -hmm. um, went to a, I was actually this is years and years ago mm -hmm. uh, when I was working for Jerome Robinson when I went down to Venezuela and we had our rodeos at the bull rings yeah and uh, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize about the uh, the bull rings where they kill the bull yeah um, there's a butcher shop directly in the bull ring yeah when that bull is killed he's drug uh, out of the the stadium and, and butchered mm -hmm. right there immediately yeah immediately. And uh, but we have to understand that it came back from the necessity to eat. And the corrida de toros, he, he, uh, it's not just about killing a bull. And this is a this, this could be a, a 24 hours conversation. But we have to understand that the corrida, the Spanish tradition of the corrida, is a veneration of the bull. They venerate the bull before it dies. Mm -hmm. You know, and the this cannot be explained in so few minutes and with my so bad English. But uh, the, the, the Spanish are responsible or thanks to the Spanish, the fighting ball, the Spanish people, the, the fighting ball survived, you know, because yeah. they kept them alive. And, and you know, um, in, in your line of work with your bull jumping, which is just phenomenal, all mm -hmm. the things you've been able to do and, and your athleticism, the one thing that I've always thought was so cool, and I, I don't know if a lot of people really know this, even people in the, the Western culture or the agri, agricultural culture um, in America, is the the almost it's almost a religious respect between yes, uh, the bull and the bullfighter because I, I re remember watching you mm -hmm. uh, at San Francisco, yeah. you went and prayed over your bull. Yes, and I, I thought that was cool because, you know, there's 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 people that out there that don't understand a mm -hmm. lot of this and don't want to. But there is a very uh, a close relationship between yeah. you and the fighting bulls and and the matadors and the fighting bulls. I mean, it's not just a, uh, you know, I don't like you. It's a it's a deep respect. And I yeah. I think the uh, when, you know, we talked about how it's borderline religious is because it goes back goes back thousands of years yes sir and if uh in those bull rings um the fighting bull rings across the world in every one of them there's a chapel yeah. where the the matador or mm -hmm. whoever will go in and pray for himself and pray for the bull mm -hmm. and so i i think that's something that uh is is pretty damn cool mm -hmm. that the respect that, that you have to have because you Obviously, you have to respect the fighting bulls because yeah. you've been in some wrecks. You had to have a skin graft. You've—I mean, it's not all just been jumping over and no. and saluting the crowd, has yeah. it? Oh uh, yeah, you—you're you, totally right. And never forget 
that uh, me, the way I work a ball, uh, that's what we, we call in Spanish, cuerpo uh, limpio. Um, working at Cuerpo Limpio. And Cuerpo Limpio, in, uh, if I translate in English, I will correct. But it, it's, it goes to body naked. Body, body naked. naked. Naked body. But it, I'm not naked, of course, uh, like in my bathroom. But uh, in uh, it means <laughs> Your that, balls aren't showing is what yeah, you're saying. No, <laughs> exactly. That's how we say it in America. Balls I, I just have a white pen, a pair of shoes, of course, and a T-shirt on a, or a white shirt. Yeah. So I don't have nothing. I don't have a sword. I don't have a cape. I don't have a helmet. I don't have any protection. I just have my body, my shoulders, my legs to work the ball. But never forget that it's a sport where your partner wants to kill you because the, your, your partner has two sharp arms. And here in America, thanks God, we have to tip a little bit. It's a low. Yeah. Okay. We cannot put a ball with the sharp horns in the arena. So we have to tip. But the fact that tipping makes stay, keeps, her, keeps us alive, mm -hmm. you know, because in Spain, the, they keep have people dying in the streets or in the arenas because they sharp the horns of the, of the balls before going in the arena, mm. you know? So, me no no uh, no legend me what i when i go to see the ball before the show i go to tell him please let me alive let me do a show with you and never forget that the smaller ball the smaller ball is the one who has the most chance to kill you really yes sir the smaller ball the smaller ball because when you have a small ball it's like an adversary and when you have a small ball you feel like you are totally in control you know, but never forget that that ball still weighed 500 pounds, at least has two horns and is way, way more stronger than you. And it can just get you and paralyze. Yeah. You, you know, and didn't you get a horn run through your leg? Isn't that the. Yeah. The in, the, in the baddest injuries of my career, one of the most painful has been just a horn who has just touched, touched my knee and uh, in the air. Big ball, huge ball, and uh, it, it was uh, on a rainy day, and uh, well, bad decision, bad bad jump, bad decision. Yeah, I should do a front flip or maybe a twist, whatever. So I decide to do a swan dive or the angel, and the ball raises his head. He just put his horn in my knee, in my left knee, and my skin stayed stayed attached for maybe a, a second or a quarter, half a second, stayed oh. attached on the on the horn. And it pulled out all the skin of my leg. You know, it took a quarter second. And I felt like a big uh, frozen, you know, cold in my leg. And I was like, a, you know, like a elk or like a bull at the, at the grocery. You know, I had, oh. I had no skin anymore. Not to be gross, but I, I saw the picture like yeah. the next day. And that horn just like filleted. Yeah, your it, leg. It took out all the skin, the half skin of the back of my leg. Oh my god! Yeah, and you had several skin grafts. I mean, that was a. I had yeah. They had to clean the the leg for uh, for two weeks, and when my leg was uh, ready to receive a skin graft, I received a skin skin graft, and uh, two weeks after the skin graft, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. To, to make three balls in three days. Mm. Because you know what it is? I had a family to feed. And uh, I've lost I've lost a month and a half of contract of flying new contracts. I've not able I've not been able to go to Cal Palace, to Bakersfield, 
I've lost I've lost a big part of my paycheck of that year, so I had to come back to uh, to, to get the last paycheck. You know? And and you, uh, this is other other cool thing is like you don't just show up and there's bulls there. You help line up the bulls to jump. Like mm-hmm. you, you own your own set of bulls and, and yep. cows, mm-hmm. and uh, at these events. So, um, and and you can and one other thing that I I tell everybody about Manu is he's he's got an eye for these bulls. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not just anybody can go into a pen of of bulls and say this one's going to be good, this one's not going to be good. You know, I mean, so to have the the kind of the knowledge to 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 know what you're looking for as far as horns, uh, size. Mm-hmm health just general bull knowledge mm-hmm. you yeah. know but like i always say you know there is that i never do legend a, a fresh ball a ball who's never been in the arena if somebody comes here around the pen and say that ball is gonna be good or that ball is not gonna be good whatever he says that that man or that girl is a liar you know because you never know in spain we say that uh balls are like uh, cantaloupes, you know the cantaloupes? Cantaloupes. Yeah, the the, the fruits, you know. Oh, cantaloupes. Cantaloupe. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. And bulls are like cantaloupes. You have to open it to see if it's good or not. Right. You know? So a bull in a pen will never tell you nothing. He will never tell you nothing. But with my experience, I just need so far, I would, I was about to say five seconds. Maybe give me eight seconds or ten seconds. But in ten seconds, when the ball goes out in the arena, I know with my experience now, everything is gonna do for the next three minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells me everything just when he crossed the arena. You know, and after after the first out, you can say at my level, I can say, okay, that ball is gonna do. I think three more shows, four more shows. And, uh, well, because and the reason for our listeners at home, fighting bulls, um, they're not, they have not been made, they're not a longevity animal. No, they're extremely smart. Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're fighting bulls. No, if you're an animal rights activist, or no matter who you are, mm-hmm. it's general knowledge. Fighting bulls don't live long. They're no. not made. No, they have not been. They they are made to go fast and die young. That's just yeah. Exactly. That's how they are. That's gladiators. Yeah. Yeah, gladiators. Gladiators. Or gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like I say, my I was getting ready for, I was preparing my balls for for rodeo in uh, last September. I had uh, seven balls ready to run. And uh, so in August, I was working for Flying U in, uh, in California, in uh, LA. And when I come back home, my wife didn't want to tell me that because uh, there were nothing to do uh, anyway. And I would, it would kill me to know that. But my best ball, my number one, I wanted to keep him as a breeding, breeding ball, died three days ago of a heart attack. Mm. They were a big storm at home. And my wife told me, I hear a big yell, you know, like the ball yelled pretty, pretty. She said, I've never heard that. And uh, it, when she went to see what, what happened in the pen, it was died. Yeah, he, he just like I told her, probably called at you. You know, he, he he saw that coming. He had a heart attack, and this is very common. After six years old, they can die any night, any mm-hmm. day. Yeah, they're it's they're not uh, a long term animal. Like no, no matter what kind of care. I, I told everybody, you know, I've heard people. Well, you got to make those bulls mean. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. if if you watched in any, you watch Cody Webster's videos from. 
from his calves at home. Mm-hmm. By the time that fighting bull calf hits the ground, it's trying to run something over. Exactly. Like you don't have to teach an alligator to bite somebody. No, exactly. You know, and like with these fighting bulls, you know, when they're 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 just they're they're <laughs> like a hot hot air balloon. They mm-hmm. they go up and come down. I mean, it's they just, are it's they just are nature. wild. They are wild, and they come straight in the offsprings of the aurochs. And the aurochs uh, doesn't exist anymore. But the aurochs were the dinosaur, where the where the the dinosaurs boars, you know. And they are the evolution of the of the aurochs. And uh, I say, like I say, if they are still on Earth, it's because humans find a way to raise them. If not, they would kill all of them, like the humans did for a lot of animals. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I uh, I've always just had a infatuation with fighting bulls, and you know I've. <laughs> I've been injured by fighting bulls. Had the mm-hmm. horn in my butt. Damn near mm-hmm. died. Yeah. You ever had a horn in the butt? So far, thanks God, not. <laughs> <laughs> I one of my favorite stories, you know, when we talk about the being tough and the mental mental game of all of it was at Salt Lake City this mm-hmm. last year. Man who goes to jump a bull, and uh, he he was doing. You were doing the front flip. And you cleared yeah. him. I mean, you had more than enough room over the top, mm-hmm. and you got to the top, and the bull kicked up. And his ass bone hit you with the head bone. Yeah, yeah. Split your melon open and, and knocked, knocked you smooth out. out. He smoked me. He smoked me. Yeah. And so, man, he was in the middle of the arena laying there bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Knox Dunn and DeKevis Jordan, two amazing bullfighters. Oh, oh, yeah. Two of the probably the best young kids coming mm-hmm. up. Um, they were, you know, in the, in the middle of the arena and they were trying to get the bull off and you know we don't like to have horses in the arena with these fighting bulls for obvious exactly. reasons we don't want to have a horse accident so of course you were laying out there and i was by the fence and i, I was scared but i mean what's my fat ass gonna do you know no well, and so I'm uh talking about that but <laughs> so that right when you go to get up that bull come back over the top of you running a hundred and damn near got you and- uh, never forget that he did exactly what he has to do you know we he he, he beat me he beat me and then he knew i was on the ground yeah. So it could be way worse than that because sometimes when a bull gets you, it just stays on you on the ground immediately, you know. So if and if we just come back in, in that story, the bull went all of the back, uh, all the way yeah, to the back made, of the that's arena. That's a big arena at Salt Lake City. And uh, he, he, if I was not knocked out, uh, if I was just hit, I would be, I would have way enough time to stand up and to leave. But I was knocked down, you know. So I just start to move and. And here he comes back <laughs> and smokes me another time. Well, but the, the coolest thing is so, well, not, maybe not the coolest thing, but when, and I'll never forget this because I thought this was pretty badass. Mm. Uh, when they come out there with a John Deere gator, the medics, once the bull was out of the <laughs> arena and uh, they come out with a gator and they were going to load you up. And you said, I will not go. I will salute my fans. Exactly. And you were bleeding. You looked terrible. But yet you went to the middle of the arena and and saluted your exactly. fans, and I thought, man, you, that that's why you're hero status. Mm-hmm. Because if that was me, I'd be like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> but you saluted your fans, yeah, just with blood. It, you know, I've got that picture of you. Yeah, that picture you. is amazing. I, when I followed you, we were we, me and my wife. We were scared, like we we're like, man, I need to go check on my news. So I I don't know if you remember this, but I sat down in the portion room. I did like the whole time when they were. You know, wrapping your head now. Yeah. Like, Gosh, dang it! And you know? we have to understand that it's in my culture because uh, where I come from, uh, we are raised. Uh, I mean, on on the arena side, I don't talk about it, that the parents. How do they raise the uh, 
their, their, their kids in that part of the France, you know, I've not been raised on a bad way, but in the arena, we, we tell, we say that your career starts, your career starts only after the big hit, after a big shock, you know, until you're not, even if you do two years without being touched by a bull or a cow, we say that your career is not started yet. Your career starts only after the big shock. And we see how you come back of that shock, of that hit. And in my culture, as long as you can stand on your feet, you don't leave the arena without giving a salute to the crowd. Yeah, This that's... is the way we are raised. You don't leave the arena, even if your leg is broken, you come back to the middle. And that comes from the Roman games. You know, mm -hmm. this is, that has a thousands and thousands of years. You, even if you're alive, you salute the crowd because you did that for them. You didn't do that for you. You did that for them because that's what we say. Never forget that people pay to see people to see kids or humans doing things that they cannot do. Right. You know, they pay for that. Well, and, and what made it even cooler was the next day. And this is a, a funny story. So when we're in the, you weren't there yet. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so they were talking about what are we going to do tomorrow at, for Manu? And like, uh, we won't, we don't, we won't even use them, you know, let's, let's not get him ran over again. And, and then Tommy just said, no, man, who said he's good to go? So he said, we're going to let him jump over the bull one time mm -hmm. the day after head injury. And so, uh, but I mean, it was, it was more of a, just a cut more than a, a head injury, you know, a very bad gash and a bump. But, uh, mm -hmm. so everybody's like, well, we don't know. And Tommy just said, well, man, he said, he's there to jump bulls and he's going to jump bulls. So yeah. he said, uh, we'll send him in. So man, who walks into the, to the, meeting and they said all right man we're gonna let you jump tonight but one time yeah you run when he comes out of the chute you jump him and then we sell it but they don't know me <laughs> and so he yeah. just that's pretty decent bull that night he he come out and jumped him everyone's like oh thank god and then manu turns around and jumps him again and jumps yeah, him four times exactly and then he went out the gate and so mm -hmm. um wow what a you know it was like wow everybody's like holy shit and you know was that before the bull escaped no, that actually that was after the board escape. So I've been hit. We, we were over there for five days. We were over there for four weeks. And um, uh, the board escape on the second day. And I've been hit on the third day. And I came back on the fourth day. And we had the last uh, last performance with all the, the finals too. Uh, to that was a wild week when the, when the bull got out. When I say he got out, he didn't like get clear out in the public, but there's a huge moat that goes behind the buck and shoots there yeah. in days of 76. Mm -hmm. And uh, like a bunch of the families are back there. They had a hole in the fence and the fighting. What a lot of people don't understand is a fighting bull is almost like a cat. They can, yeah. they can get out easily. Exactly. If they can get their head through there, their whole body will fit. You're, you're done. And so this bull, he looks at the, uh, the cameraman. There's, there's a hole cut in the fence for the cameraman. And he looks at the cameraman like six inches away, like, dude, don't move well the cameraman he's stupid he didn't know what the hell he's doing he went like a rodeo guy see sister and that bull just backs up assholes the cameraman gets through the fence almost hooks all my children my wife had to crawl up crawl up a pole yeah not not in a weird way well that, but <laughs> yeah not the weird way yeah and then you come back there and then and the Knox and mm. and uh DeKevis and a couple bull riders that one dude just got done riding bulls and he was changing pants had to run into the arena in his underwear yeah, that was well, actually the, pretty funny. the bull went into the the into the, the the room where the bull riders were getting ready. Can you believe that they were getting ready and preparing the bull ropes and and uh, 
and then there is a fighting ball coming straight into that room. <laughs> the funniest thing is Brad Narducci and Anthony Lucia are in the announcer stand. Yeah. Not even close. Mm -hmm. On the clear on the other side, they lock the door to the announcer stand. You remember hearing about that? <laughs> I know. I I uh, I heard that right now today. I didn't knew that. Did they? They locked the door. Come on. Shout out to Anthony, announcer of the year. <laughs> but they locked the door like the bull's gonna come to the door and be like, "Oh shit, the door is locked." You know, well, it's a thousand pound fighting bull. Well, but can you believe it? The bull get into into that room. They all go by the window. <laughs> oh my gosh, that. That was one of the crazy things. That's you know, that's one thing about fighting bulls. It's, I mean, those those things, they are just naturally mean. Mm. But you know, uh, man, back when when Reno Roster and I went, we'd go down to uh, to Joe Martin's to the Portuguese Dairy, and a lot of people don't understand this, but if you get on Highway 99 north of Los Angeles and mm -hmm. you go to stay on 99 to south of Sacramento, yeah, about every Portuguese Dairy has a pen of fighting bulls. Yes, that's right. That, and these bulls are on high quality alfalfa, big, mean, slick, blue, shiny, they are beautiful the, animals. They are it, they are even you know even better rear than Spain. It, yeah. It's even better for them to live that there than uh, than in Spain. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I, I think it, it's pretty cool uh, how the fighting bulls, like you said, have continued to thrive and and, and grow because they're mm -hmm. not a bucking bull, and a no, lot of a lot of the bucking bulls. Uh, can you kind of tell us about that? Compare the difference between the, the bucking bulls and the fighting bulls because it, it's yeah, nothing well, the same. And, I, uh, and you said it the best. People over here have the bucking bull mentality. Yeah, well, that what I what I'm saying it's it's not me, the Frenchman, who's going to come here in uh, in America, especially in Las Vegas for the NFR and say, here is here is a uh, how works a, a fighting bull. But what I'm what I can say it's everything you know about the bucking bull philosophy doesn't work with the fighting ball. You have to forget everything about it. Everything about it. But what's interesting is that you can put uh, fighting balls with bucking balls. We think that uh, I've, I've worked for people who say, no, we will never do that. They, they will hook them. Can the, A fighting ball is smaller than a bucking ball. So me, if I get in a room with you, Rump, my friend Rump, do you think I'm going to hit you? I hope not. Hope no, <laughs> well, but I, I'm not. Because you're stronger than me, and as a fighting ball, or, or looks at a bucking ball like a, 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 at a monster, you know. So bucking fighting ball can stay with bucking ball. And they they are a close fighting balls are a close knit. Like they will beat the shit of each other, but yeah. they they will also stay together. Like if yeah, you, exactly. When you put fighting balls together, if you put six fighting balls in a pen with bucking balls, they stay together. The fighting balls will go to the corner, and I mean, it, almost like a prison gang. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But uh, w when you start to move them, you have to change. You have to learn. There is ways to work with fighting balls, and those ways are not the, the bucking ball way. Right. So me, when I came here, I knew what to do with fighting ball, and I, I have learned. I've listened and I've watched. Uh, people like uh, Bronk at the Flying U Rodeo because I work a lot for them, but I work for the Morads in uh, Iowa too. I've just sit on sit on a, on a panel and look at them working bucking balls. This is a, the way you uh, you learn, not all, always asking questions. Uh, you just sit and you watch the best in the business working those animals, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say. Okay, if you guys don't don't know what to do, just watch me. 
watch me and that's it. I have no pretension, but I know what to do with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I got to ask you this, dude. At any time when you first came over here, you come from France, you land in Los Angeles, you yeah. end up in Marysville, California. Yeah. At any time do you go, what in the hell am I doing here? Yeah, a lot. This is <laughs> this is real story. I've I've cried. I've cried my life. Uh, sometimes, some nights, uh, w- waking me up and t- telling myself, "What, what the fuck? I guess we did. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? I'm so far from home." And uh, but at the same time, my dream has always been. I didn't realize my dream yet. I'm living the dream in America, and sometimes I say, "Well, I'm living the dream and uh, the dream." And uh, a lot of times, it becomes a nightmare. It becomes mm-hmm. a nightmare, but. My dream is and will forever be to do a world tour. So what's a world tour? It's jumping balls in every place in the world where there is fighting ball. So I already jump in France, in Spain, in Canada, and in USA, but I still never been yet because it's gonna be it's gonna happen soon in Mexico and I wanna be all over South America. But at the same time, you know what it is, we have family to feed you yeah know, you have kids me too and uh we have to put uh, bread in the plate so when a rodeo comes and say hey we have five perf here and then another one three three perf five days mm-hmm. later and here is no more no more holidays you know no yeah. more vacation so and, you, and you've got to 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 do your bull jumping at the national finals rodeo which is yes sir i mean you think about how many people have that has been that grew up in the states Mm. their dream has been to get to the nfr yeah you've got to do that yeah you've got to go to san antonio you know people would love to have something going at san antonio Mm. everybody you've got to do that so you you've got to go st tete which is i've I've never been but i have just i've heard i wish you to it is the most amazing rodeo you've ever been to yeah, it's so I mean, if production. you look at the places you've been to, what a what a wild ride it's been, though. Yeah, it's been. I this is the best choice I made in my life so far, to 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 change my own life. But so far, the hardest thing I did was to leaving my land. You know, it's yeah. not to to stay in the hospitals for days, for weeks, for uh, coming back from injuries, broken squirrel, and everything. The the bad the toughest thing I did in my life, it's leaving my land, my country, my mom and my dad, you know? And and the second toughest thing, you know what it is, it's to be a dad. Yeah. To be a rodeo man and be a dad at the thing. And and what I did in the rodeo industry comes number three, you know? Right. And I and I'm I'm thankful. I think it's the American uh world. Uh I'm glad yeah I'm thankful to have been to have that call in 2018 to go to the NFL. And you know what? I guess I, I I did my best. I did my best so far. I do my best everywhere. But uh, I was not ready yet. You know, I but you have to be ready when the when you get the call. Right. You know, they t- they told me this is the sixth year's NFL. Uh Sean Davis wants you to uh to be on the number day number three or run number three and uh, you have to go. You have to go, you know. But uh, I, I wish if I if I had only one uh, to put something in my priors. Now my English is better. I have way more friends. Uh, I I have way more connections, and I I really wish to come back. You know, and and like I said, that's another thing that's so awesome is that your English is great. Mm, your English you. is so because there for a while, 
when he first, and one of my favorite stories is when, uh, <laughs> when I was flying into California one time and, and you were always at the ranch. So they bought a, a red Kia Sportage and you came to Sacramento to pick me up and you said, Captain Rosser has given me a car. Yes, sir. And I let you drive to the first exit and I said, you know what, man, I, I'm sure you're going to bull jumping, but I'm going to go ahead and drive this bitch home. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. Oh, that but, was, uh, but that you know, to, to, to learn English, like I, I, I just, I think that what you've done to get out of your comfort zone is just amazing because I couldn't do it. I can't learn French. Like to me, English seems like such an easy way to talk, but when you yeah. like say something in French, just anything. Ben, je suis très, très, très heureux de, que tu me reçois. Tu es vraiment un ami, puis j'ai beaucoup See, de respect seems, pour toi. That seems so hard. Like, so was learning English like that? Like, what the hell? Well, so far, um, I, I guess uh, that uh, after the World War II, uh, first, the American, I say that has a French American and have saved the world. And they, they say, or oh, oh, now we need an international language. So I guess that they say, well, we're not going to, we're not going to talk all Chinese, you know, because it's all uh, Mandarin, you know, right. we're not going to learn that. Nobody can learn that. You know, if you're not Chinese, you cannot speak Chinese. So they say, okay, so English is probably way more simple than French or Spain. And at the same time, Americans just saved the world. So probably they said, I don't know, I was not there, but they say, okay, if we have to pick an international language, it's going to be English. And me, I've learned English on two ways. Before, after my first perf ever in America, I took an English lesson per week during 50 weeks before to come back in 2016. But the English you learn with the with your French English uh, student for an hour per week, it's not at all uh, the language we speak on the Flying U Radio Ranch. You know, <laughs> when you get with all those guys, and uh, I had a funny story with that. But uh, if, when we get you with all those guys, we say uh, "fuck" or whatever <laughs> every four 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 words. Yeah. Then after six months doing it, then you fuck. Speak, um, you speak fucking American, you know? <laughs> they don't talk like that in French? No, not really. Oh, but we we speak pretty badly, you know? And the... the um, Flying U Ranch uh, no, English yeah, class. But starring Reno Rosser and Tony. Staying seven months on Flying U Ranch. And I, I got to say that Reno has been a grand brother uh, to me. And like every grand brother, uh, uh, Sometimes it doesn't work. I, I had to take maybe a le some distance after that, but and now we're I'm uh, I'm back at the flying U range anytime. Reno knows that anything he needs, I will be there. I don't need the Remshat to say that, but uh, Reno calls me, I I get there yeah. because they've been they've been good to me and staying on the ranch with all those guys uh, who took care of me and. Uh, I, this is the way I've learned English. I've well, learned English you know the, on the ground, you know. Did you feel that, you know, they talk about how the rodeo, uh, the Western way of life, everybody stays together as a team. And so you, you've got to experience that. All, people from all walks of life, look, look just at the flying you, you know. You got the guys from Compton. Yeah. You know, you, you got uh, 
fat dude from Oklahoma. You got, mm-hmm. you know, we got the bull jumper. We got Bobby Kerr out there welding on shit. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's kind of circusy. You have bit, uh, but... you have the Garcia Lazo who uh, was a Mexican, Mexican American, and his wife Justine. I say hello. Who's a uh, French? Yeah, a you, real you, French. You woman. talk to Justine in France. I talk. We uh, when when I see Justine, we say hello to us in French, and uh, we talk only in French. She's never talked she, to me. Does she love to talk? Like, do you? Well, because I, I asked this because I would if I was when I was in in uh, South America. Mm-hmm. If somebody spoke English, I'm like, cool as shit. Yeah. And like when you meet during San Francisco this year when we were at the Clam House. Yeah. And our waiter was actually spoke fluent French. Exactly. And you guys talked for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, and you're but happy. It, it's so nice to be like, oh, thank God, somebody who I can talk to normally. Yeah. But now I, I still have that feeling. Uh, but more back, back in the years, it, it was tough because I, there were people I couldn't understand you know and uh, again i come back to reno reno i don't know why but i i was able to understand him because it took time to uh to for me to understand him but there were people i was i was not able to understand them so when you see somebody who speaks your language you feel good yeah and now now i i feel like i I can understand pretty much everybody you know so uh, i can stay here for months and even if nobody speaks french that's not a problem but i think he's your, your english is great mm-hmm. uh one of my favorite stories is though when you first came over and ricky bobby the ballad of talladega nights you know and, uh in talladega night have you watched it <laughs> yeah i did but when you, that first came out and the frenchman <laughs> kind of sounds like you do and they go into the bar and he's twisting rocky ricky yeah. bobby's hand and he says i'm gonna break your arm he said he, <laughs> no he says i love crepes yeah. No, say I love crepes. And the, and the Americans say, do whatever you have to do, people of you, but I won't. <laughs> All right. I, you you really want me to break your arm? <laughs> do what you have to do, you fucking people of you. <laughs> All right. As you wish. Crack. <laughs> oh, that's a, what's a crepe? It's a really thin pancake. Yeah. Just say I love. Maybe just say I love really thin pancakes. No, I won't. No, you got to say I love crepes. <laughs> and that, that's, I don't know. That's the only other French guy I really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a French uh, uh, bareback rider that made the NFR. Yeah, even years ago, even Evan, Evan Jane. Jane. So he, his dad is a Texan, but his mom is French. So his first name is French, and his family name is Texan. Yeah. So I mean, that's. But besides that, you you're doing a lot for, uh, you know, for your country. Like when you when you go back home, do you ever have any of the the young kids that are uh, getting involved in the bull jump and be like, man, look what you've done, like. I mean, you've been a yeah. trendsetter because nobody's taken off and done it. No. And what what's interesting now I can speak about that because uh, uh, a couple of years ago, it was painful for me. But when I left home, what we have to understand is that they turned the back to me. They turned the back to me because they, they, they said, well, Julie, what what's going on? You're not well here. You have to leave to America to be uh, to, to do your deal. You know, they didn't understood my philosophy, you know. If I left home, it's be- not because I was mad at them, you know. It's just because I wanted to see other things. And it's because I guess I'm a pioneer and I'm a visionary. And I saw before everybody else that there was something to do in America. And there is something to do all over the world with the board jumping show, you know. And I'm working on a show now called The Man and the Beast. And this is going to be my future. And I, it's still in the way of the way I, I think in my in my brain, mm-hmm. you know? And after so many years, 
last uh, last fall, uh, I came back home, and uh, the team I've worked for for 15 years, they told me, hey, Manu, we, uh, we want you to be with us on Sunday because the shows in France are only on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went to participate with my team again eight years after leaving. And this has, uh, this has been one of the best moments of my life, of my entire life, to come back with my team at home. Well, and you know, you know? what? If anything, it's not that you ran away from France. It's you've spread the the culture the lifestyle mm-hmm. you have told a story yeah. in america that none of us would have known about yeah which i think is just a, an amazing amazing thing that you've got to do i appreciate that and you uh, say so that. be sure to check him out follow him bull jumping pro uh facebook instagram google him watch him on on um watch him on on the youtube channels i'm sure that there's there's tons of videos yeah and, there is a youtube channel and uh, just an awesome day to have you on for the second time. Thank uh, you so much. But, uh, yeah, Manu Latost, uh, great bull jumper, great friend, great guy. Uh, before we go, hey, if you're going to be around here, be sure to check out Red River Arena's booth just down from the cinch booth right there. They got their uh, rope and shoots, their rope and alleys, their saddle racks, their their hay feeders, anything you want, redriverarenas.com, or check them out right here at the convention center. Tell them Rump Chat said hello. And don't forget, come by every day. We're giving away free stuff from our good friends at Pendleton Whiskey, America's fastest growing whiskey. We got hats. We got free whiskey drinks, Manu. Wow. Which is good because if you want to get drunk in Las Vegas, you better have about $9,000 at least. Pete so you Carr, better come here first. Yes. Pete Carr, Pro Rodeo, Pro Rodeo, he doesn't have any stock out tonight. Night number two, he's got a lot featuring Bayou Bengal, the buck and bull of the year, and other great, great horses such as uh, such as he's had in the past, including uh, actually he's had a buck and horse, many buck and horses of the year, mm-hmm. Riverboat Annie, um, along with others. He's got the new horses, uh, Brad Culpepper and, and uh, oh, shit, or Ned, God, I can't forget right now, but um, the, the most stock brought to you at the NFR this year is from Pete Car Rodeo. Uh, Wilson Sanchez, Night Faded, Pretty Woman, Dirty Roots, Midnight Train, South Point Gambler, uh, High Rise. We have High Rise Buck and uh, Bull shirts, Curly Bill, Midnight Rider, just a, a phenomenal uh, roster of stock from Pete Carr Pro Rodeo. And uh, one of the only stock contractors that um, features steer open at almost every event he has. So uh, just a great guy. And we're thankful to, to Carr Pro Rodeo. Year number four with them being the official sponsor every day of Rump Chat. So we're thankful to Pete and the whole crew down there in Texas. So until next time, get a gold buckle beer. Come by the cinch booth every day at 11 o'clock during the NFR. And, uh, Manu, I've got a special song to send you out with. This this is my song that makes me thank you every time. So we'll talk to you all later. The crowd is waiting for the bull 